It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I just had to come back in 2024. I couldn't leave it. What am I talking about? Yes, I'm back with Rosie May in our wonderful gardens near Slane in County Mead. And we stand at the gateway here in February, and I'm just looking at the name on the wonderful stone, which I never copped before, Muller Dillon House. Yes, Muller, I believe, means uh, crest of the hill, and Dillon is obviously a family name. And the house itself is here since the early 1800s, and the shed's probably a little bit earlier, we think around 1791. But um, this beautiful stone here, it's an old millstone, and our dear friend and a neighbour, Dermot, see it's broken at the bottom and he had a stone yard and he very kindly gave this to us and said now you go bring that off now and get the name put on it we never even thought of it and so it was Dermot who who thought of that and we installed it here with oh gosh there was a teleporter and all sorts of (laughs) shenanigans to try and get that in because look at the size of it and then of course you know me had to plant some snowdrops. <laughs> I was just going to mention that because this is why I'm primarily here today to talk about the yeah. absolutely amazing display of snowdrops you had. Yeah. And here they are in front of the millstone at the gate on the way in. And it's just an indication of what's to come. Let's walk in through the gates here. Yeah. And on my left, surrounding a copse of silver birch on the ground. Here they are, on cue, on time. What a display of snowdrops. I know, they are beautiful. And I love the story associated with them uh, because I actually wrote a, a piece on my blog which was called The Snowdrop Thieves because my parents back in the 50s, you know the way you see snowdrops in, an, in a bank or an abandoned house or a ditch or something? And it's a, my father always said it's a sign that somebody once occupied that place. So... Never one to let an opportunity go by. They dug up the snowdrops from this old abandoned house in, I think, somewhere in Dunsany, brought them to Dunshockland. They stayed there for about 60 years. And when mum and dad died, I always said, I'm bringing the snowdrops. And you know something? Thank God I did. So they're all from Dunshockland. And we've divided them, Breda and I, over the nine years or so since daddy died. Um, We put them in first initially as a big clump. And in fact, I'm going to show you how we do it over there later on. The key is to keep them flowering and really in tip-top condition. The key is to divide them every few years. When You see, they're starting to get huge, mm. huge clumps. Mm. And then over here, see, there's only one or two because I'm trying to fill this empty gap here. So when once the flowers go over, I'll dig them up. And it's really amazing <laughs> how rough you can be. You just dig them up, pull them apart, and you don't even have to do a you know proper hole or anything just literally with the spade put a put the spade into the ground make a a little kind of incision rock it back and forth and slide in the bulbs that's it that's it now let me ask you this for somebody who 
wants to begin yes. or start with snowdrops. Yes. I've seen the little bulbs for uh-huh. sale in the shops. Can you go that route or are you better getting clumps of established ones or if someone donates some to you and start them that way? Well, that is actually the best question that you could possibly have asked because it is the one thing that frustrates beginner gardeners all over the all over the world as far as I can see and I always get questions whenever I put up pictures of my snowdrops people plant them and they plant them like they plant other bulbs in you know autumn say like September or even October November by that point the bulbs have completely dried out and snowdrops do not like to dry out so the the expression they use is planting them in the green and I remember 20 years ago you couldn't find a snowdrop in a, a garden centre but nowadays there's lots of snowdrops potted up and I know they may seem expensive initially but I saw them the other day for two ninety nine, and there was at least six in the pot. Get those six, divide them into threes and, you know, put them in threes and within about three to four years you'll have big clumps like this because they're only there about eight years. Amazing. And, yeah. and, you know, the reason I ask you that is I was one of those people who bought those yeah. dried out bulbs and I achieved nothing from them. Well, the only thing you could do is plant them as you know the way they hit the shops in August get them then plant them then and I would soak them for a few hours not overnight but just a couple of hours to kind of plump them up in fact I put them once on a tray with just a skim of water and the base of the bulb and it was interesting because the ones that were viable a few little tiny roots I do it with tulips as well because sometimes you find tulips in say January February and they're in the 10% or the 50% off and I do that I put them into a into a, a tray with water on it and then off they go. They get they start off with their, their roots, you know. So So let's continue as we walk here on the snowdrop theme. What are you going to show me? Now I'm going to show you this clump here. Now do you see all of the other clumps are quite nice and they've lovely flowers and everything. This one, what's wrong with that one do you think? This one here. Very little flower on it, more green and looking a little sad perhaps, is it? Exactly. Well, that's because that's too crowded. So if you give me a minute, I'm just going to go and get that spade and um, I will, we'll divide them. Lovely. So as you uh, approach with your weapon, Mr. Spade, I mean, in peak flowering season and you have no qualms about digging up and dividing even at this time. Absolutely not. And in fact, with the storms that we had a couple of weeks ago, later on further up the garden there, we lost quite a few boughs and trees and everything. And we have to get in there now and cut them down. So because I know we're going to be stomping around the place and while I can see them, I'm going to dig them up now and divide them. This one doesn't matter anyway because it's not flowering. Okay. So you're not going to damage them. They really are tough. And when you do replant them, the best thing for snowdrops is leaf mould. Um, failing that, a bit, a bit of your own compost. And failing that, just buy some nice compost or seaweed meal or something like that. Uh, you know, and just put that into the planting hole. Now, there's one great big clump. Lifted quite easily there because Absolutely. the ground is well sodden. Now, no bother. And let me have a look in there. Let me see. Now, so look ah. at this. So when you pull this apart, in fact, when I moved my parents once, we were quite amused. It was like a block of flats. They were all, they'd all kind of, Look, they'd all kind of piled on top of each other. Do you yes. see the... Yes, see? I see look, the bulbs in there. Now, look how, at many, them. how many hundred snowdrops do you think is in that? Oh, that's any amount. Probably about 200 snowdrops. Any there. amount, yes. Yeah. So now I'm going to bequeath this to you. Ah. And you are going to bring those home and you're going to have some of Mickey Kenny's snowdrops in your garden. Lovely. And what I want you to do when you get home is take three. Yes. And you just literally plant them in threes and up to... Do you see the way that, that 
Cover the white. The white white. of the stem, put it that deep and leave the green above the surface. And and it doesn't matter if they flop over and they look half dead because they're, they're coming to the end of their season anyway. But you just, if you want, you can put a little stick. My advice uh, to to mark where they are is I always plant them near roses because that way they kind of benefit from a bit of the rose feed and also you'll know that they're under the roses. Yes. Because if you put them in the middle of the bed, then there's nothing worse than flipping, digging them up in the later part of the year, you know. So anyway, you bring those home if you like. Oh, I am so uh, grateful. While we're here, actually, can I just point out something to you um, about snowdrops? Now, there's a, I think there are now about two and a half thousand varieties of snowdrops I hate using this word but these are the common snowdrops which um, there's nothing common about them they're absolutely beautiful but there are kind of two types and the ones from Dunchocklin were uh, Galanthus nivalis and I'm just looking around to see do I have any oh yes I'm just going to go up here do you see this one up here yes now see just that's just the simple Lovely. And let me describe that, Felicity. There you have the three petals on the outside, then three or four, is it many on the inner? Three, three. yes, three white petals on the outside, three tinged with green on the inside, and the little yellow heart. Which is actually beloved by any of the early bees or anything like that. Mm. And then just, it's amusing because when we moved here 21 years ago, there wasn't one plant apart from the big trees, or so we thought, because we moved in in December. And then I was absolutely delighted to see along here lots of snowdrops. And if you look at this one, this is another common snowdrop, but this is called Flora Plano and it's a double. Oh, yes. Isn't that so pretty? Isn't it look. beautiful? There's double the number yeah. of leaves, outer and inner, on that one yeah. as well. Isn't it just gorgeous? It's mm. so pretty. And, you know, I actually was recently in Altamont Gardens down in Carlo. And they have the most beautiful collection of snowdrops. All of these most unusual ones. And I know I know nothing about them now. I have bitten the bug because I swore I wouldn't. But now I have... Thanks, Robert. I've started to uh, collect the different varieties of snowdrops. And it's funny because I think um, they call them galanthophiles, um, people who collect these snowdrops. And you can see the obsession because it's just so amusing to see people down on their hands and knees in February in the cold and they're ooing and aahing over the various different little markings I don't, as I say I just know which ones I like and yes. I buy them sometimes because I like the name or because they're definitely they look different from these ones and I can show you some of the different ones if you'd like Yeah we'll go there and look as, as we walk there I have to say the reason people love them is because they are the first flowers of spring really you know yeah. what I mean in a, in a general sense for people how many varieties do you reckon you have oh um, I've gone from having the two uh, to now having about 25 <laughs> <laughs> and counting and for listeners today you know they appear in February they appear early you know the winters are getting milder as well is it a short season when will you see the first of them when will you wave goodbye to them Actually, that's it. Again, that's brilliant. And, and I, I did not know this until I started collecting all these posh snowdrops, as I call them. Um, a very good friend gave me some uh, two years ago and I planted them up there because I wanted them to be separate from all of these great swathes of, the, of, of snowdrops. And I was astonished. They came out in December. So in fact, and another um, gardening pal, he has the most amazing collection of snowdrops. And his, I think he was starting to put up photographs in 
early October. So they can go all the way through right until kind of March. Some of them are not out yet mm. and some of them start before Christmas. And in fact, I was at um, a snowdrop weekend in uh, RHSI Belfield um, at the weekend. And oh my goodness, it was just wonderful and heartwarming to see just all the different types and all these different people so interested in... Snowdrops. <laughs> Can I say I'm with Mammy Snowdrop today <laughs> and Rosie May? Oh gosh, really? I, I, I absolutely not. But I'm going to stop you here at this beauty. Isn't that gorgeous? That's called Comet. Look at how tall it is. Oh yeah. And you see the glaucus kind of green, mm. green leaves. Now there's lots of different. I know. No, I, I, I'm actually very ignorant when it comes to all the you know proper Latin names for the different types. As I say, I just like these different ones. Um, this one is a case in point here. Now, do you see that? It's actually longer. See the flower? Oh, yes. So it's, it's really, it's much bigger. And I got that because um, my dear friend, uh, her mother's name was, was Brenda. Mm. And I got her a few and I got some for myself. So this is Brenda Troil. So I just thought it was really lovely. And I love the fact that it's clumped up really well. This one, is see, it's more closed. That's called Cool Ballantaggart. And this one is a very famous one. That's S. Arnott. And do you see this one has gone over already? So yeah, it's I, gone. I it's actually faded nearly. And look at this. It's got a yellow. Look at the yellow. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? A little yellow round bulb at near the, the stem and yeah. then the snowdrop hangs yeah. from it. Yeah. And it's called Spindlestone Surprise. And then this little delight. You see, this is, you know, ignorance is bliss. I'm going to have to move these. Because, you know, I, I thought all snowdrops were the same. And they're not. Look how tall these are. And look how tiny this one is. Mm. And that's called Puck. And with, you know, just a nod to Shakespeare, I just decided I'd had to have that. Isn't that so pretty? Absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> and then this mad one over here, that came from about five snowdrops that I bought um, probably about four years ago. And look, that's called Jacquinetta. And if I may just turn over... Oh, more green dominated than white, to yeah, be honest with absolutely. you, in the flower. So let's continue our wander on in the gardens. We've had a good old chat about the snowdrops. And again, we are at the back of the house here and we're heading up to the higher level of the garden. Let's talk for a moment about the recent storms and yeah. uh, the damage you've incurred and what's happened since my last visit here late last year. You've lost a few trees. We have. Um, now, one was was it dead but it was a beautiful skeleton it was a very very old beech that died about 10 years ago but we kept it because you know the skeleton against the sky mm. was beautiful but what made me very sad was do you see this beautiful cypress here yes so half of it is gone when we got up close and when we went up into the thing you could see that they actually cracked and they cracked the whole length of the of the bough so that's why we had to go so far back in fact there's still one broken on this side now, I'm not sure if it will live or not. A gardening friend of mine said she lost one 15 years ago or something and they made it into a treehouse. Mm. But you see, ours is the opposite. It kept the top and it was the lower branches that, yes. that fell. So look, we're going to just keep an eye on it and we'll just see what we can do. But then up here is where a lot of the damage... Oh, I just uh, look <laughs> ahead up here and I can see already yeah, uh, where there's been substantial uh, loss for you up here. Yeah. But you look, at that's the life of a garden and of nature and everything, yeah. isn't it, Rosie? Oh, absolutely. And... Uh, Luckily, we have some really dear friends who have helped us out. Um, so my friend Ollie came up and, as I say, William, my neighbour, they did an absolutely fantastic job cause on getting these two down. Because what happened was, do you see the one behind? They ash, they're both ash. Yeah. 
now and we do have a bit of ash die back. Do you see where the crow is sitting up on that part? I do. That's dead. Mm. See, the other half is alive mm. and that part is dead. So they were probably, they've reached their time anyway. But this one fell on top of this one, which actually was healthy, but we couldn't take one out without the other. Mm. So um, anyway, they're gone. But I always like to say that... Um, <laughs> These are happy accidents, so it'll let more light because that's east. So it'll let a lot more of the easterly light in yeah. to the woodland kind of area. But you will laugh. Do you see where the fork is there? That beautiful maple was in a pot. And then last November, I said, oh, it's about time you went out into the garden and got your forever home. So it took ages, dug a hole, lined it with seaweed, did the whole lot, planted it, put, you know, compost on it, uh, homemade compost, the whole lot. And then when the tree came down on the bank, I was like, that's going to be broken in two. So dug it back up again, <laughs> put it into a wheelbarrow, <laughs> apologised to it, told it I'd give it a lovely decent burial again in a couple of weeks and only replanted it yesterday. But just to make sure, because our friend Thomas is doing a great job cutting up all the, as I say, we're just so lucky to be surrounded by such generous people with their time. So I put the fork there and said, don't squash <laughs> me, Acer. <laughs> You're protecting it. I am protecting it. So, and then, in fact, I'm not finished with the de- devastation yet. But on the way, let's enjoy some yeah. of the snowdrops. Yeah, there's more snowdrops here. And yeah. back the way there, I noticed a few little um, miniature daffs have, have opened already as well. They have. It's a small number. Yeah, but they're, oh, they'll come now in, in March. And then Iris reticulata, the blue iris. And then look under the tree fern. Ah, uh, yes. So they're cyclamen coom which are fantastic. And again, this is a thing, if you're a beginner gardener and you love cyclamen and you buy them, don't buy the ones you see like everywhere. You see them in supermarkets and you see them even in garden centres. I don't I think they call them florists, cyclamen, but they don't last. They don't, they're not hardy. But if you want a winter flowering cyclamen with gorgeous leaves, look at the silvery leaves mm. and these beautiful pink, like bright, vibrant pink. And they go so well with snowdrops. So these are cyclamen coom, C-O-U-M. Now you're talking about more damage. Yeah. Where 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 are you are you heading okay. for? Oh, I see so. <laughs> I see I see timber up here in a wheelbarrow. You do. And do you see the the overgrown laurel? Yes. So when we moved here 20 years ago, the house had been abandoned for probably the best part of 40 or 50 years, I'm not sure what. The laurel, which was planted here, I don't know how long ago, but that just took off. And look, look at that. I mean, how, how high is that? Yeah. So we were going to take it out and we kept saying, oh, we must take that out, we must take that out. And then when we started to plant all these, you know, acers and hydrangeas and various different things, particularly the acers, they like a bit of shelter from the wind. And because that is westerly and we get mostly westerly mm. winds, we decided we'd leave it. And unfortunately, some of it has cracked at the base. So we're now taking out the taller stuff. And But you can see there's a new kind of forest growing up yes. at the back. So we're just going to take out those really, really tall ones. Um, and Because they, they'll all crack and, and, you know, fall. But what uh, my friend Brida always calls a happy accident. Something nice happened over here and I'll, I'll Come show on. you. Let's have a look. Yeah. And there's more colour as we walk over, yeah. interspersed with the snowdrops here. There's oh, yeah. lovely pinks there. Yeah, uh, is that a hellebore? Yeah, my second, my, probably my second addiction, hellebores. And is, is that another hellebore in there? That, that, they're all yeah. hellebores. All Yellows, hellebores. Whites, yes, pinks, various colours. Loads of colour in the garden. And I forgot, actually, to, but I'll get, now that we're here, do you remember the Daphnes? You loved them last year. And have a sniff of that. That's a white one. Oh my, <laughs> the, fra- it the fragrance of it, it's fantastic. So here's what we call our happy accident and we'll take another look um, further back. At the time, 
when we were starting this kind of woodland garden and we decided to keep the laurel, I cut what I call a cave in the laurel just to draw your eye back a little bit. And I put this urn just as a feature, you know, and um, it was getting, it was actually becoming a bit hidden. And now from, I was, when we were dragging out all the bits of laurel earlier on, I looked up and I was like, oh, it's a perfect arch. So it is. It is, isn't it? It so, is. So we're actually going to, we'll trim that and, and make it kind of intertwined more and make it into a proper arch. Isn't that nice? It is. Happy nice. accident. Absolutely. <laughs> There's always a silver lining in the garden. And then this is another Daphne. That's a white one. And this is one of the most famous ones, probably uh, Jacqueline Postel. And again, a beautiful... I have to have a sniff of this. Scent. Oh my word, the, no, the scent of it is just, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. So we've more, um, see around the, I, I, I love uh, underplanting things mm. because, you know, the tree is a wedding cake tree. It's beautiful, a lovely cornice. But obviously that's not going to do its thing until later in the year. So for now, if you underplant it with um, the snowdrops and the cyclamen coom and a few uh, hellebores, it just, it just doesn't it? Isn't it good? It's nice colour for February. It's gorgeous. gorgeous. (laughs) There's a lot of maintenance going on. There's a lot of tidying up going on. You can see that all around here. It just has to be done. And that's what the storms, the recent storms have brought. And it just has to be dealt with. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, like you can either cry over it or just get on and do, just try and go with the But you know what, when I look back up as we descend back down here again, the snowdrops, I have to say again, they're magical. But Aren't through they? them is all of the other colours, the yellows and the pinks, etc. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's, it's gorgeous. It, it's subtle, but it's just, you know what it says to you? The year is on its Absolutely. way. Absolutely. And I mean, and it, you know, it's, it also is very important for early pollinators, mm. you know. So if mm. you have something mm. that, that does flower early, like, you know, try and get in. And I, I like to, as I say, underplant. So... If you've even a smaller space, like we're lucky we have a big space, but if you have a smaller space, use the space that when you say you're planting your new rose bush or a new hydrangea, particularly the paniculata types, you know, the pointy ones, yes. they do nothing until the middle of summer. Yeah. Um, so why not underplant with a few bulbs? Yes. And there's crocus, there's snowdrops, those cyclamen coom, they like a little bit of shade and they just do so well under trees. And I just wanted to show you down this way, actually. Uh, the meadow is starting as well with a few. I see that it's just sure. starting we'll to take off. We'll be yeah, here all day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you remember we were talking about some of the posh snowdrops? Yep. So Porik is in. I he was uh, given the task of making me labels. So he see he's made a few labels because I won't remember all the names. <laughs> And look at how big that one there is. Huge. Beautiful. That's the biggest I've seen so far on our way around. What's that one called? That's uh, Bertram Anderson. And then, do you see the greenery here? Yep. They're gone over. That was the early one. That's called Donald Sims Early. And that's already gone over. And yesterday, that was was quite a big clump there. And I dug it up just out of curiosity, really, to see how many I had. And I think I got 15 out of the one clump. So... That's three bulbs. Do you see the way they're, they're, they're kind yeah. of um, multiple stems? And there's another three there, another three there, another three there, and another three down there. So hopefully Donald Sims will spread around will spread the place. around. What yeah. distance do you leave between those three, those clumps of trees? Um, you know, three bulbs in a little clump that you've donated to me. What distance do you leave between them when you're planting them? Well, 
just pull them apart and put it like a thumb between each one and plant your three. Yeah, but the little the little batch of three. You say yeah. plant them in little groups of threes. Groups of what threes. distance between the groups? Oh, sorry. Pick um, that. Whatever. Oh gosh, I mean, anyway, anyway. whatever you want. What it depends on where. Do you want it all spread out or do you want it just in a circle around yes. a shrub or yeah. whatever? Yeah. You know, so you just decide because it might be nice to start off because you see, like I put those in. Uh, in twos and threes mm. and you know at just them. at, the, the, at base. The, the base of those trees yeah that's where I think and I'm going to put mine around Absolutely. the base of my trees in and, the front garden and then that's a lovely thing as well that's aranthus or winter aconite which is very difficult it's even more difficult than snowdrops to get going but I've managed to get a few to take yeah um, but I'm, I'm, I'm and I'm not going to point out the muscari because that's next, the next time <laughs> the next time the next time you know when I'm putting them around my tree the grass grows right up to my tree at the moment yeah. will I dig out a circle around well, I take the sod off a little oh, circle God. around and put them to. into it. You don't No. To. No, no. But it might be best because I'd bloody run them over with them more. Look, mow it before you plant them. Yeah. Right? To see them around the tree. You see, generally yeah. the, the grass is poorer around a tree anyway. It is. And again, you can literally just spade in, put your put them in. Um, if you have a bit of seaweed, you know, sprinkle that in, in the planting hole. If you have any kind of compost or anything like that they will love that and they love a bit of leaf mould so do they yeah, plenty they, they of really that, so oh, they love that well yeah. that's their favourite thing okay yeah I'll do that so it's just that I'd be worried with the more that when I'm cutting in the summer I'd cut them you know but oh, they'll, no, they'll die back oh they'll be oh, they'll gone, gone. will they anyway yeah. yeah so what you yeah. do to test if they're if if you can mow pull the green leaf yes if it comes away easily yeah don't don't mow yeah you know, like put your hand on because obviously yeah. you'll have only just yeah. planted them. Just pull the green leaf and if it just comes away, you're ready. Yeah. But what I say to listeners today with you is, in here, asleep, there's lots of other things as well that are going to... You have it brilliant because something comes forward with every season. It does, absolutely. And in fact, do you see the greenery there beside the hellebore? Yeah. They are alliums. Um, there are also tulips in here and I'm just looking to see... Oh yeah, so do you see, like some of the hellebores are up, but do you see this one? Mm. And that one, and that one, and that one, and there's one over there. They're later hellebores. I sadly don't know the name. I got them years ago, and they have just done so brilliantly. And by, I'd say by the time you come back the next time, they'll be huge. They'll be up to, up to here. Really. And you still have a few berries hanging there on your um, on the skimmy. You know, you gave me a great tip last time. I have males and females now, yeah. and I'm going to move them out into a little bit of shade in the pots for the summer. Oh yeah, definitely. Because David McCabe was saying to me, give yeah. them shade. Give you know what shade. I mean? They love, Absolutely. and then put them at your front door Christmas time yes. with the display on them. That's you know what exactly I mean? It. Which is what I do. As we walked out, there's just snowdrops. I hope you can grasp this on the show. They're just snowdrops all over this garden it's fantastic and do you see they're not as, as um, widespread here that's because I only put those in last yeah. last year so with time but with imagine, time but imagine they're only there since yeah. last year and already already there's lovely up. white snowdrops and then do you see all the greenery yep that's tulips so. alright so oh, they're just oh, people there still <gasps> to come I just see like we've had an awful lot of rain oh, and there's no. more on the way and it's been such a wet damp winter and yeah. early spring and um, you managed to get a cut on your grass here with a very high blade. Well, actually, again, friends, they're wonderful. Um, you know the lovely Ledwidge Museum over in uh, the other side of Slane? Dear friends of ours, Colin and Rosemary, were over last week and we happened to mention the, the grass and we've done a little bit of gardening over there for them. And next thing, Colin arrives up 
with the trailer and the lawnmower and he cut the grass for Great us job. because Pori can't get out. Yeah, so that's it. Our, Cooperation. Our friends and neighbours, wonderful. Look at all that timber. My, oh my. And you're doing stonework here. We are. So these were labourers' cottages, we think. Um, we don't, we're not exactly sure. But um, there was actually three originally and this corner fell. Um, I mean, it's a full-time job. That's mm. what Thomas is actually generally doing and he's so kindly agreed to you know, help us with the wood instead. We're, all we're trying to do at the moment is stabilise everything and not lose the sheds because, mm. you know, once you've got the footprint, like, and that's part of an agricultural history, if you like, because, see, the, over there, the long sheds, mm. and we've already restored that end. Well, we, do you hear me? The royal we. I make the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas does the rest. But look what he did here with um, this Fantastic. beautiful wall here. Yeah. And then he, he rebuilt that wall entirely and made the beautiful pillar. And he's just in the process, except for I interrupted him to get him to help me with the trees. But you see, look at this wall. You can just see, yeah. look at it all. It's completely empty. So he's mm. um, doing the lime mortar work on that and restoring it. And Fair juice to you, because yeah. you can just look at these and think that, you know, labourers lived in those little yeah. cottages there. Yeah. That was their home well, and actually, you're preserving them. It's funny, when we moved, when we were buying the place at the time, I remember somebody... Um, we shall remain nameless, who said very dismissively of the sheds, oh, just knock them and sell the stone. And we were like, we will not. You know, they're, that's history. You know, and it's somebody, somebody built those, you know, yeah. in the late 1700s mm. and in the early 1800s. Mm. So we're just trying to keep them. I mean, it's a... I'm looking at your pond. Do you yep. get frogs? The oh, frogs absolutely. spawn. They're not in yet not spawning. Yet, no, no be. sign of them they because... Be. But you will get them here, yeah. Oh, in fact, I'm surprised that they're not in there already. Um, they last year they were in in early February and right. in fact you'll see that in my phone in today's calendar I have Jerry in the morning and clean pond in the <laughs> afternoon because I want to kind of get rid of some of the weed before they get here yes. because it's impossible to do it afterwards yeah. and I'm just going to point out this up here um, go ahead there we'll just watch our step yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was hoping it would be completely out when you got here but this is not um, oh the frogs have arrived. They've arrived. They've arrived. The They've arrived. Yeah. Look. Look at the spawn. They spawn. No, well, you didn't even yeah, know I this, and we've know. just come across it. Yep. There's clumps, yeah, clumps already. and clumps of spawn yep. there already. already. So they have been spawning. It is early yeah. spawning. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, I interrupted yeah. you. You've got well, to point out there. I was just going to show you this. This is actually, people think it's a snowdrop, but it's not. Um, it's Lacogium and it's a summer snowflake, they call it. But it loves damp ground. A friend, a gardening friend told me that. So I moved them from where they were not doing very well and now look at all the buds about yes. to open and they're a lovely thing as well if you, if you can't yeah. grow snowdrops we finish here as usual yeah. at the lowest end of the garden and it is heavy of course it is yeah. with the condition we have but there are still more a few snowdrops. more snowdrops and there's some over there as yeah. well and this is uh, you remember the you know the bake-off thing or whatever you call it the soggy bottom I think we definitely have one here <laughs> <laughs> you certainly have so some advice before we finish with regard to roses now is a great time to prune them you can prune them and time really from November but I pruned them about two weeks ago and if you haven't done them don't you know don't don't mm. despair now is a great time to prune them prune them give them a bit of a feed you can see they're starting into growth already buds on them yeah and if you prune uh, don't worry don't get into you know the outward facing bud and the this 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 that and the other you know that expression get your worst enemy to prune your roses just cut them back and then at least you'll get lovely growth from lower down I mean, if you see a bud, try and cut above the bud, but yeah. just don't worry. Those ones over there I haven't done yet, and I will be cutting those with the hedge trimmers because they're the flower carpet. 
it's just important <laughs> to get them cut back Absolutely. for new growth for the yeah, sorry, 2024 I'm a bit season. Of a, bit of a Philistine, I know. <laughs> Let's head back up the garden. Anyway, great to be back with you. First visit of 2024. First of a number, please, God. Thank you so much again for being a wonderful host today in your marvellous gardens. And check out the blog. The insomniac gardener. <laughs> Absolutely. She never sleeps. And this place shows you why she doesn't. It's magnificent. Thanks a million. See you in March. See you in March. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.